However, whenever, wherever you're listening to the Baby Bowl podcast, we thank you very much. From the bottom of our Baby Bowl little hearts, Rob, is where I'm thanking people from. At least I have a little heart. I think you have a much bigger heart, Rob Norton, than I do. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but I appreciate the kind words, Wes. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. That is Rob Norton, the daddy of the baby bull. At at Norton0723 over on Twitter. I am at Loafinit on Twitter. My name's Wes. And you can also follow the show, follow the page, follow all those things at FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter. Rob, are you on Instagram? Have you Instagrammed anything? Are you a TikToker? I do have both. I'm not very active on either. I actually just got a TikTok, so I'm I'm, I'm uh um fairly new to that but i do have instagram and tiktok i just kind of those ones I've, I've used more as personal than anything well, if you just got tiktok that means china just got all your information my friend china. <laughs> <laughs> hey on this baby bowl podcast what we're going to do we've been trying to streamline i guess our our show topics a little bit more we always talk a little bit of major, major league baseball during the off season the nfl because a lot of people are in major league baseball fantasy sport things i know rob and i are we like to nerd out okay so maybe this is just indulgence on our part is liking to talk about baseball but we're trying to kind of you know, streamline the Baby Bowl podcast here into more Baby Bowl topics to where we can help people win the Baby Bowl. And I think this is more for my own self-indulgence because I want to win. I want to win this year, Rob. I just, I, I, I got this feeling that I want to win it really, really bad. And I'm, I've been putting a lot of effort into it. I always share my ideas with you. The bad thing is, is like, I'm an idea man and I don't carry things through. You know, I don't, I don't see them through. I just, I just spurt out ideas and I just leave them hanging out there in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why we worked well together though. You know what I mean? I I don't come up with, uh, it's hard for me to come up with the ideas. I'm, I'm slow to come up with them sometimes, but usually I can, I can carry through on it. So, and maybe it's just because I don't come up with any, but, uh, but that's the, uh, (laughs) so it works, it works well. It works well. Listen, it's, it's awesome graphics that you have on your idea. Those those were your graphics and stuff that you put <laughs> together for all of your different rankings and your tiered rankings at Norton0723. You can go over there and check it out. He's he's already done the quarterback, the tight end, the wide receiver. Have you, running back, have you just covered all the different positions at this point? Put out the top 30 QBs, um, top, I think I went through 90 or 80 or 90 running backs and then i just have started up on the uh receivers i did um one through 10 yesterday and then 11 through 20 today so we'll keep going with that i think i have graphics made for all the way through through 100 i think and then uh and then for the top i have from top 30 tight end graphics made i see all your little color things too you like you you, you switch up the tiers and then you switch up the dots you, I, i've seen a lot of those little color intricacies that you put in those little graphics you do a good job with it i just thought about this though rob too i know you've thrown them into the the baby bowl chat rooms over there on twitter and i'm sure you threw them into the discord as well that people can access if they join the baby bowl yeah definitely definitely okay. throw them in the, over okay. there on the discord so for whoever's uh Wants to join join the Discord, get some extra stuff. Uh, you know, go ahead and uh, click the link in my in my bio, and uh, you can join the Discord too. Yeah, at Norton zero seven two three. More information is on there about the Baby Bowl and the Discord and everything. I wouldn't know how to get in that Discord if I tried, but I tried, and I didn't know how to get in there. Say, so I'm speaking from experience, <laughs> but it, it, that's free of charge. All right, we're, that's free, and you get to 
pick the brains of a lot of different fantasy analysts that are out there in the community. If you're looking into getting to, into fantasy football, maybe a little bit deeper, a great way to do that is to join the Bay Bowl because there, there are people from all over the industry, uh, from old and young and new and old people that have been in the industry for a long time as far as experience levels goes, uh, been in the Baby Bowl chat rooms, they're in the Baby Bowl Discord, and you just really get to expand your fantasy football experience, I think, Rob, through things that are offered in the community, Baby Bowl being one of those, the Scott Fishbowl, of course, being another one, all those different kind of charity events that are going on right now people can sign up for. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We got a lot of uh, a lot of people in in both of those. Um, so you know, we always can uh, pretty much always when you're when you're in there and you have any kind of question at all, whether it's oh, yeah. fantasy baseball, football, Scott Fishbowl, redraft, dynasty, whatever it is, um, there's there's a spot for it. And uh, pretty much anyone, anytime you ask something, someone will someone will uh, be active in there, giving a response. And I'm I'm usually pretty active in there as well um, in all of them. So. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun for sure. And we had several people last year. And this is one of the things always on uh, this Baseball podcast. We run across people who you have helped personally through the years. Like they'll shoot you a DM or they'll ask you a question and you'll respond to them. They've always been really appreciative. And, and so that's why you have a big heart. Uh, they've also reached out to us several of a handfuls of people reached out to us last year on the FI Today, that little underscore account over on Twitter and asked us for fantasy advice. And we'd give them to them. And then they credited us for helping them win their league. That was so cool last year. <laughs> and I was like, hey, yeah, I was all my advice, Pierre and Rob had nothing to do with it. You know, that's how I was to call full credit for it. Um, you got to, you got to, you got to. No, it's that is that is like a really fun, really fun, cool aspect of it. Honestly, like you, when uh, when people um, you know win their leagues and they come back and they thank you for for the help throughout the year and and uh, say you know that that you did a good job for them and helped them win their league. It's 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 definitely satisfying. Uh, Baby Bowl signups really aren't right now. They're not going on right now because there are a lot of other signups going on. Rob always waits for a couple of weeks, a month or so after the Scott Fishbowl dust kind of settles, after the draft kind of settles. But you can get information over there at Norton0723 over on Twitter. You can get information about it. And this is what I encourage you to do. Because we start signing up for a lot of stuff right at first, right, Rob? That's just how it goes in the fantasy community. That's how it goes whenever you start signing up for fantasy football. You get the old blood pumping. You get the juices flowing a little bit, and you start signing up for this. You start signing up for that. You're like, yeah, I'll help out this charity. Let's put it down. And then then you buy a Scott Fishbowl T-shirt. Then you buy some other merchandise from some other place. Bam, bam, bam. And so then all of a sudden, you have more desires of joining fantasy football stuff then you do actually bankroll for the fantasy football stuff. You're like, oh, man, I've spent way too much. So this is what I'm asking you to do, people. I'm asking you to set aside. What's the entry fee, Rob? $50. 50 bucks. 50 bucks to enter into the Baby Bowl. But this is the great thing about the Baby Bowl. A third of that goes to March of Dimes. Uh, stop me if I'm wrong. A third of it goes to Ashley's Embrace. A quarter, right? a quarter, a quarter oh. each, yeah. So half half goes to the okay quarter quarter and then the other half goes to the prize pool for mm-hmm. uh for baby bowl and then that 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 gives you an opportunity not only to win each week but also win overall and last time i checked the overall winner last year won eight hundred dollars which was in the last podcast you and i did together because i asked you that question and we came up to the sum of around 800 bucks so that was a hundred and something contestants so the more contestants you have the more money you have the opportunity to win so i i think that that's what we need to do we need to push for people just to set aside that baby bowl money and wait till it comes up and you never know I may even be able to talk Rob into making some Baby Bowl merch 
merchandise merch is that what the young kids call it merch that's, that's what they call it i think <laughs> maybe, maybe we could even have some baby bowl merch nowadays yeah yeah i definitely uh want to be able to get around doing that um, i got i got that on i got that on tape rob that's true that's true you're gonna you gotta hold me to it because i uh <laughs> I, you know i get i get going i get sidetracked and uh you know i do want to do it i definitely do want to do that um so hopefully we can uh make that happen sooner than later I, I I really thought it was a third. I, I really thought it was. A, it must have been a third at some point, or something that I'm in is a third that goes to charity. I don't I don't know what it is. Hey, big NFL news though. Besides the Baby Bowl contest uh, ramping up here a little bit more, Dalvin Cook was released. Now, going to be released? Was released? I don't I don't know. His release is imminent from the Minnesota Vikings, which is really going to open up what Alexander Madison. Finally, we get to see all that come to fruition at some point is there anybody else in that backfield that'll be now contesting alexander madison for touches rob i didn't see it yeah i mean alexander madison should be the guy um i moved him up today just just because i was kind of hesitant to move it um with the word there was you know last week and last month or so there was like some some rumors that dalvin cook may be willing to take a pay cut to stay um so i really didn't want to make too many big changes but today when it was reported that he's going to be traded slash released today or tomorrow um then i uh, i moved madison up to rb19 mm-hmm. as of right now and then i, mo- I dropped dalvin to 29 landing spots gonna definitely you know can impact that one way or another but in terms of the vikings there's kind of maybe wrong with the t- with the t i know it's something chandler or t chandler so um so yeah uh, those three guys all have a shot at at uh taking backup kind of roles. Um, I wish I had a good, you know, early on, I thought McBride. Um, and then, you know, I think some people are in the McBride corner, some are in the Nganwu corner and some are in the, uh, the Chandler corner. So really can, you know, probably take some really cheap shots at, at any of them in real late in, uh, any best ball or any, uh, any of your, uh, drafts that are going on now. So, any initial thoughts on where Dalvin Cook might land? I, my initial thought always goes to, and maybe I'm just used to these super teams now in basketball, right? And 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 I I always think of like the New York Yankees or or the Red Sox or the Dodgers just hounding up all these major league baseball players nowadays, and they all just seem to funnel towards one team or another. And if I'm Dalvin Cook, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, at this point in my career, I'm I'm looking for a ring. You know, that's that's just what I'm doing. Maybe it's because I'm older now as an old man. and I realize I don't have many years left in church league softball if that hasn't already expired and they're just being generous <laughs> to the old man and letting me run around out there. Uh, but I would just be chasing a ring. And to me, it's I, I don't know why everybody just doesn't go to the Kansas City Chiefs. And and it seems like the Chiefs don't have that much talent there. And they have ample room to put a DeAndre Hopkins or to put a Dalvin Cook in the backfield. I just, I, I don't know why I just wouldn't immediately go knocking on Andy Reid's door. I'd have a hamburger or a sandwich in my hand and say, hey, let's talk for a minute, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I don't see why not. Um, that's the thing is like, if they're really chasing a ring, that's your, that's your best spot to go. Um, it seems like with, Hopkins, the at least the betting favorite right now is Cleveland, uh, reuniting yep. with Watson. Um, and then in terms of Dalvin, seems like the most popular spot right now is Miami. Um, I do think that from a fantasy standpoint, Miami is the best landing spot for Dalvin, just because 
he should then probably be the lead guy. Uh, they have Mostert, they have Jeff Wilson, they have the rookie Devin Achain, but none of them are, you know, really workhorse style backs. Um, all of them have been effective and all of them are good when healthy. Um, but that's the thing is Dalvin, Dalvin is kind of a different kind of guy. Um, and okay. So, so we're, we're going under the premise that Dalvin cook is a workhorse back, right? Oh, and, and, and injury concerns. We're saying, setting those to the side and we're saying that Dalvin cook still has the legs under him to be a workhorse back in the NFL. Is that what you're saying? I think so. I think so. I think he still can be a 250 touch plus or 250 plus touch guy. I was in a, 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 a discussion, I guess, through text messages. Is Dalvin Cook a receiving back in your mind? Oh, man. I would say He's a three-down no. back, right? He's a three-down back. He's not a third-down yeah. specialist. He's a three-down back. Right. I think he's a three-down back, but I think he's like – I think he – the way I think of him is that he's a a running – like a more of a running running back, but with like more pass catching chops than like say a Derrick Henry. Uh, oh sure, yeah, yeah. But like more along the lines of what we saw from Josh Jacobs before last year. I in think terms that's of a good chop. Yeah. Whenever I was looking at it, I started. I said, "Yeah," he, and they said, "Is he really a receiving back?" I said, "Well, I think he's a receiving back." For some reason, I have like 2019, I think, uh, ingrained in my brain or something like. <laughs> I think that's the year. <laughs> whenever he had almost 10 yards per catch or something, and he had 66 targets, I think that year. If I went back and looked at it properly, if my memory serves me right, it was just kind of strange though to look that he only had 50 to 60 targets each year after that if not even less than that and i know we had some injury things going on but i don't remember him really coming off the field on third downs you know that must have been an adam thielen thing or something that just he was just gobbling up those third down touches from from dalvin as a pass catcher um but i don't think he's like the type of guy that you're gonna feature as a pass catcher Okay. All right. Yeah. Chris McCaffrey had like 120 targets, 140. I was like, what crazy. in the world is going on with that many targets? That's crazy, crazy targets. Like, that, that guy's lifespan as a, as a running back has got to be shrinking. All right. So DeAndre Hopkins, I think that same thing. Hey, another big call up, I guess, big news, a, a bigger news maybe than even either one of those guys as far as a DeAndre Hopkins or Dalvin Cook goes. Ellie De La Cruz got called up there. And I know that's near where you're watching baseball right now. Huge news. And Ellie De La Cruz looks like a fun specimen out there but he he's got that 30 something percent strikeout rate even in the minor leagues robin i don't care how much he improved that over the last couple of weeks that's going to be something that the major league baseball pitchers are really going to be looking forward to yeah definitely ellie de la cruz is a super super fun super interesting prospect from a fantasy perspective just because the tools are ridiculous i mean his his i think uh, i think he had hit like three balls over 116 miles an hour in in one game and that had never been done before by an entire even by an entire team in one game and he did it by himself so like this guy can hit the ball crazy hard he's already hit blasted a home run that was just a just a missile that he I thought it was going looked, out i thought it was going out of the park it's and, and it looked it looked so effortless like the way he swings like the torque he gets i mean because he's so big he's six five um and he's unbelievably fast too He's already he already has the the fastest time from first to third in in the majors, and he's only played a couple of games. It's like well, let's not forget though. That's not not only did he have the fastest time going from first to third, but he also struck out three times today. So that's right. <laughs> I know, and that's the thing is the that six five frame yeah. gives a bigger strike zone. Um, so there can be definitely more holes in the swing, um, and especially you know 
younger guys always have generally a, a uh, you know, higher strikeout rate. And hopefully, hopefully for his sake and for the Reds' sake, he can he can keep making those improvements that we saw as the as the season has gone on so far. Obviously, the majors is a different animal. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. He has a ton ton of upside for sure. Ton of upside. Oh, yeah. um, but the downside is is pretty low. Yeah, I, I think it could be no worse than I don't I don't know how because I, I, I whenever I watch him play, I get maybe it's the flamboyancy, but I see a little Tatis Jr. in him. You know, that's yeah. I just see yep. I see that, and and also just the the thinness, the the height maybe maybe isn't quite there for Tatis, but just just the way he plays, it, it approaches that way. So uh, that's my easiest comp to make. But that thirty percent mm-hmm. strikeout rate is just something that I, I I get I get worried of. I get worried. Of. Yeah, I, no, it's definitely fair. It's definitely fair. I I see like I see the whole I see the Tatis thing. Both super fun, super exciting players with flash, um, you know, crazy raw tools. Um, I think the downside, honestly, like in terms of just a, from a fantasy perspective. Um, it's kind of Bobby Witt like to me. Um, yeah. Because yeah. if you look at look at Bobby Witt, his his stat line, he's even though he's his average is pretty low. Um, he and he strikes out a good amount. He still puts up those homers and and steals. Um, mm-hmm. So like I think Ellie De La Cruz like on his downside can kind of be like that, maybe a little bit worse because I think Bobby Witt's a little bit more polished at this point. But um, but yeah, it's kind of like that kind of downside where he's you know on the bad on the bad side he's going to hit like. 200 to 220 range but he's still going to give you the counting stats and then when it's going right it's it's going to be going really right so so the floor is bobby witt jr or bobby witt whatever he is and the ceiling is acuna is that what we're saying <laughs> it's crazy to think about him, but I, mean, I can't see him hitting 330 i know he's not yeah he's acuna the crazy part with acuna too is that he's if you look at his his stats year over year his, his plate discipline has gotten so much better every single year he's, <laughs> how does he do it i don't know how he does it I just don't know. Christian Yelich. How about that? Christian Yelich in his prime. Ellie De La Cruz. Ceiling. Wes, I think I lost you. Yeah, you, you keep bumping in and out of there. We'll move on. I I, I keep writing it down. Uh, okay. It's just, it was just a couple of spots. My my wife moved the computer and stuff today, and so I think I, I'm in a weird zone here. So we'll see. Okay. Might be okay. me. Might be you. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, all right. So we'll pick it up there. I got it. All right, Rob, so helping people out in the Major League Baseball fantasy world here is what we try to do a little bit, too, so we have a chance to talk Major League Baseball. It's our excuse. It's our reason to look at baseball swap pages is what it is, and I encourage you to bring some people to the table today to try and find out who people might you, – you're thinking about adding, who other people should be thinking about adding because maybe they're under-rostered, and I, I just went ahead and went over to the like last uh, – 14 days, uh, last two weeks, people who are hot, but they're under rostered a little bit. And let me, let me make sure people know, like coming up this weekend, you have the Colorado Rockies playing at home against the San Diego Padres. So if you see a San Diego Padre on your waiver wire, it might be a good time to be able to pick those guys up. Not, not pitchers. Don't, don't, don't pick up pitchers. Just, just pick up hitters. Okay. Or any Colorado Rocky hitters as well. That might be a good opportunity to do there. And and the first guy I pulled up here, Rob, who was only, by the way, I don't understand. Spencer Steer did not make the cutoff. He's 80% rostered. He should be higher rostered than that. Uh, the Philadelphia yes. Phillies are starting to catch fire a little bit. And over the last two weeks, he's been hitting 364. He has four stolen bases. He is first base and third base eligible over there on Yahoo. And I, I just he's he's playing really lights out. But the first guy I had listed who is only 
And and I can understand why. 14% rostered is Joey Weimer. Joey Weimer is on there, and he's coming off of a smoking hot last week, especially, where he hit 478, three home runs. I think it was a double home run game there in, in there somewhere. Nine RBIs, one steal. But over the last two weeks, he has four steals. So that's that's really working out well in his benefit. And he's playing a lot. He's playing all the time now. A lot of injuries are there in Milwaukee right now, Rob. What are your thoughts on Joey Weimer? Should he be somebody that you would add in a league? And if so, maybe who would you drop? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely like Joey Weimer. I liked him from the get go, um, from the start of the season, and he started off pretty slow. He's a guy that definitely has power, power and speed, and playing in a in a good park with, and the Brewers, you know, were projected in the beginning of the season to be a pretty good lineup. They're uh, they're pretty, they've been pretty bad against lefties so far this year. Um, yeah, but. Um, you know they've they've come around more lately, and uh, I expect them to pick it up, especially as as it gets warmer out um, in Milwaukee. And and they have a great park, should be a good lineup. Yeah, he's he's hitting ninth most most days, eighth, ninth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Um, but you know if he keeps hitting like this, I think they're going to have to start moving him up. Um, you know he he's a guy that has some prospect pedigree too. Like he was a, one of their better prospects, mm-hmm. and on this even on the season. Despite the slow start, has eight homers, nine steals, twenty-five runs, twenty-three RBIs, um, so, and the and the average is is ticking up. So, yeah. I definitely like like Weimer. Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely take him. You know, over some. You know, I was what trying about, to think of some outfielders. What about Ozuna? Ozuna homer tonight. Would you Would you rather have Weimer or Ozuna, who's not stealing any bases this year? Hmm. Let's see. That's close. I, that, that was close. I, yeah, I think I would probably rather have Weimer. Okay. I think the stolen base aspect gives it maybe a little edge to that. And I know what I yeah. have in Osuna, but he's he was on my waiver wire until a couple of weeks ago in one league, and I went ahead and picked him up because he was on such a hot streak. So I was glad to see him homer tonight. By the way, they've had to have switched the balls tonight over in, in New York. For the I think it's in New York, Atlanta versus New York Mets. They because there are pop ups <laughs> going out of the stadium tonight. It's it's kind of crazy whenever you're sitting there looking at it. Uh, back to it Weaver is. a little bit. Minor league stats two two years in the minor league, so he's 24 years old this year. Two years in the minor league, uh, home runs 27 and 21, and then stolen bases 30 and 31. So the batting average was there at 295 and at 256 his last season in Triple A. So that that's those are great numbers, man. He has pedigree, like you said. And I think that he has opportunity to do it. And your favorite thing is that max exit velocity. And he is what in the upper 75th percentile of the max exit velocity. So that's that's doing really well. Yeah, definitely. I was trying to look at some more more heavily rostered, uh, you know, outfielders. Um, I honestly think I would rather have him over Andrew Vaughn, even though I like Andrew Vaughn. Um, yeah. It's just like with Andrew Vaughn, he's he's kind of like middling power. Um he relies a lot on on getting RBIs because he's hitting in the heart of the the White Sox order, but he doesn't give you any speed. Um, so, you know, definitely if you need speed, go with go with uh, Weimer over Andrew Vaughn. But even just in general, overall, uh, it's it's pretty close, and those guys aren't really close. Like Andrew Vaughn's like eighty six percent rostered on Yahoo, and Weimer's fourteen percent. So, just in terms of a you know more heavily rostered guy, even like Joey Manessis. I would take uh I would take Weimer over Joey Manassas. Yeah, first base um, eligibility does not promote uh Vaughn over Weimer, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, same with, yeah, same with Manessas. So so yeah, um those are two more uh 
more heavily rostered guys. And I think even uh, a guy that was hot early on in the season and has been coming down to earth, James, James Altman. Um, uh, he's been, he's been struggling a lot lately. So I would, I'd, I'd make that switch if, if, uh, you're just hanging on to Altman. And Altman's not even playing every day. He had a good game today, and I I, mm-hmm. I, I, I had him on my bench because I just couldn't play him. I, my rest of my roster was full, and I was debating, I think, between him and Ozuna. Uh, so I'm glad Ozuna got me a home run anyway today because I would have I would have regretted it because it was one good game. Hey, another guy who is a little bit under-owned, in my opinion, he's 59% rostered, Edward Cabrera with the Miami Marlins, who has been coming on a lot stronger lately. I'm not sure what the injury was. He was pulled out of the game. I think it was just for a blister, though, if I'm if I'm if I saw the reports correct yesterday. This kid mm-hmm. has been doing really well over the last uh, two weeks, he has had two victories, 19, 19 strikeouts and 16 innings, a 2.16 ERA with a 102 WHIP. He's had a lot of walk issues prior to this, you know, two-week stretch or three-game stretch that he's on. But it, it, he's done really well though the last couple of games that he's been out there. Yeah, um, he he's an interesting guy because he's he's definitely a high K type of guy. So he's got a lot of upside from that standpoint. Um, and it's just a matter of him being able to throw strikes and lately. Lately, he has been, um, you know, over the past month, he has 36 K's and 31 innings, three, seven, seven year, 1.1 over the last two weeks, 19 K's and 16 and two thirds, 2.16 year, 102 whip. And over the last week in 11 innings, 14 K's, 0.82 ERA, 0.82 whip. So he might be making some strides in terms of his command. Um, and that's like kind of the last thing that really needs to come around because he has electric stuff. So, um, he has a lot of upside. Uh, I would keep an eye on that blister. Um, I mean, hopefully it's just n- nothing more. Uh, but I mean, it's always anytime a pitcher leaves, even if it's the smallest little thing, it's it's tough yeah. to tough to really say, especially a younger guy. So keep an eye on that. But yeah, if he's if he's um, if he's available, I might want to scoop him up because he's starting to really come around. Yeah, and the Miami Marlins have a. I don't know. I trust them in their pitching uh, prospects. You know what I mean? And like developing who they have mm-hmm. coming up or who they have in the major leagues too. It's just a little extra avid caveat where I'm going, okay, I'm going to get the benefit of the doubt that this guy's going to figure it out because the Miami Marlins have helped people figure it out before. Who did you bring to the table, Rob? Yeah. So when, uh, when it comes to it, um, one of the guys, I know he's over the, the um, roster, limit kind of here but i just wanted to touch on on this guy here you mentioned the colorado rockies ryan mcmahon oh, yeah. um, he's up to 84 percent now um and that's you know he was down in the 70 percentile um he he really has been doing fine most of the year like he hasn't been doing this hot but he's the number one player over the last uh two yeah. weeks um number 18 over the last month hitting 323 Five homers, twenty-one RBIs, eighteen runs, three steals, and in over the last, like I said, after last two weeks, it's hitting four oh four, five homers, sixteen RBIs, eleven runs, and even on the season, he has he's at two fifty-seven, nine homers, thirty-two runs, thirty-five RBIs, four steals, um, hitting in the heart of the Rockies order. They're not the the greatest lineup, but we know the Rockies, uh, you know, home park is does a lot a lot of wonders for hitters, so. He's a he's a guy that if you're in a shallow league, uh, I'd definitely uh, make that move. If uh, um, he should be near 100% rostered, in my opinion, 95%. Um, so yeah, that's 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 one guy. Another guy um, that uh, is under rostered, in my opinion, is Josh Naylor. Um, he's been a guy. I think we touched on him a little bit last last show. Um, he's a guy that I've 
really liked for a while. And, you know, he's up to 270 on the year. Um, he's been hitting 444 last week, 447 over the last two weeks, 378 over the last month. Um, he's been getting good RBIs all year, surprisingly, considering how bad the Cleveland offense has been. Um, but he's been hitting cleanup most of the year and um, driving in runs. So, so yeah, he's got 43 RBIs on the year, up to eight homers, four steals, 20 runs, and 270. He's um, he's yeah, he's been the 16th best player over the last month, 20th over the last two weeks. So, he's a he's a guy that uh, can give you a little, give you some pop, some RBI, and actually a little bit of speed for a first baseman, despite what you'd think of him. No, it, no, you're right. I don't know how he gets those little legs moving. He's I always <laughs> pictured him bigger until I saw him. I'm like, that's not the same guy I got in my head. I, you know, I know that uh, Gary Sanchez. I got to put his name in there yeah. because catchers are catchers, right? And as long as a catcher is hot, as long as he's on fire, maybe a Cal Rally is not hot right now, or somebody like that that mm-hmm. that you picked up at the beginning of the year. Hey, at, at some point you gotta say, okay, Cal, I'm kicking you to the curb, and I'm going with the hottest catcher that there is. And right now, it's it's got to be Gary Sanchez. He's hitting home runs left and right, and as long as he's in that San Diego lineup, right? He's at San Diego or San Francisco? Did mm-hmm. I get confused? Indi- San Diego lineup, yeah, San Diego. Indiego, yeah. And they're about to head out to Coors Field, so that might be a name that you really want to get to. He is only what is he wrong? Rostered. He is only 15% rostered right now. You can do a lot yep. worse than Gary Sanchez in Coors Field. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You can, we could be looking at three home runs or four home runs before he's gone out of Coors Field. Yeah, no, for sure. He's a, he's definitely a, a great one, especially especially in the short term. Um, and, man, San Diego's gotten nothing, basically nothing out of their catching spot. Austin Nola's been horrible all year. Um, so, yeah, I like the Gary Sanchez call. Um, and, and and the whole San Diego Padre team seems to be heating up a little bit right now. You know, it, yeah. it seems like uh, Soto's coming around, and 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 yeah, we got the uh, Bogarts over there on the shelf a little bit, but maybe he's just healing up, getting ready to return in Colorado. I agree. I agree. You know, another one I was just thinking of scrolling through here, guy that you brought up uh, last week, uh, Oakland Ryan Noda. Hey, that's uh, my guy. That's my yeah. guy. Here, don't, don't, I'll, be, I'll, don't be I'll, I'll let you, you gave me the credit, but that's still my guy, Ryan Noda. Yeah, the guy with the, who sleeps with a bat on his shoulder, I think, is what he does because he watches <laughs> all those pitches go by. He's hitting that three and two count right now, though, and he is heating up. I love that you picked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. He's uh, he's and he's hitting at the top of the lineup. The lineup, obviously, Oakland's not a good lineup. Um, that's the caveat there, but um, you know, over the last two weeks, he's hitting 341 last week, 409. Um, last month, 266 on the season, 255. And he has still decent counting stats. He's got seven homers, 32 RBI or 32 runs, 23 RBIs, and has a couple chip and steals. Um, so, so yeah, like you said, he, he's a kind of guy that, uh, he walks a ton. He's a better, better in points leagues, but even in, uh, even in roto leagues, he's, he's been pretty solid. Now you say he's hitting, you know, uh, up towards the top of the lineup. That does not matter in Oakland. Now, I'm serious. It doesn't. It doesn't. And and by the way, he's headed to Milwaukee this weekend, and Milwaukee's a good hitting stadium. And I think that that's just a a great place for Oakland to play. Um, I I think I like, and I'm starting to try to pay attention to this. I should just do a quick home split, home home and road split for the Oakland Athletics. But I think they play worse. I think their offense is worse at home. I don't know why that is, but I just think that. But besides the stadium being a dead stadium, but their offense seems to be worse at home in my head. Uh, but when they play on the road, they seem to score a lot of runs. I I don't know what that what that is. Just might be my brain. But you mentioned Joey Weaver batting ninth. There are times when I look at that and I go, okay, hold on. Who's he surrounded by and what? Because Joey Weaver's scoring a lot of runs 
And that's because he's batting ninth. He's getting on base. And then you have opportunities for a Yelich or uh, who, who's a shortstop now who's over there. I can't remember. Oh, who's just came off the injured list. Oh, come on, Wes. Adamus. Huh? Willie, Willie Adamas. Oh, yeah, Willie Adamas. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago, too. And and mm-hmm. it you know, gives him an opportunity to drive in a Weimer. So that, that's always good. But like it, I talked about with Austin Riley a couple of weeks ago, the base paths are usually cleared by the time he comes up there. So there's not tons of RBI opportunities for an Austin Riley uh, other than him hitting a home run. And he then just one RBI. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how some of those can play out like that. Um but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's really interesting some of the dynamics like roster or lineup construction. Definitely, uh, definitely. Okay, Rob, uh, that was it. That's all the baseball we got. We we went way over time last time. And it was all because we started talking about baseball, and you and I can sit here and talk about baseball. But that's not why people tuned into the Baby Bowl podcast. I don't think entirely to the Baby Bowl podcast, but because they like to hear a little bit about football. And and Rob, what what of our partners at the Prize Picks over there? And uh, you could you could put in the Prize Picks code FI today. They'll match your deposit bonus or something like that. I, I can't remember all the details, Rob. But you probably got that written down somewhere. But don't worry about it. But I was looking at Prize Picks because they have NFL season stats up there. And I just got I got I got to ask you a question, okay? Sure. These, yeah, I know I know you're all over this stuff. Passing yards, okay? So they do these little prop things. You pick over, you pick under on passing yards, right? And I don't necessarily, we, you know, we, we don't know. We don't know. I, I love your advice, though, of always picking the under, right, on different things. Because the mm-hmm. you, what do you say? The over looks real sexy. I think you said that. I, I don't think we're yeah. supposed to say sexy, but yeah, that's what you said. And, and, <laughs> and, and the under, though, is always the better play because of injuries, number one. And then there's another thing that I've been thinking about. Let's say a quarterback gets injured. Well, that's going to affect the entirety of the offensive team, right? I mean, we saw the yeah. production go down for Miami even. So it's not just like. Hey, if Tua gets hurt, Tua's, Tua's stats are going to go under. But it's also, if Tua gets hurt, Jalen Waddle's stats are going to go under. Tyreek Hill's stats might go under. You know, so so it's a, it's a residual effect. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's the thing that's it's hard to account for, you know, when you're doing projections, doing, doing different things. Because you don't really, you know, you kind of, when it comes from a projection standpoint, you kind of just project out a full season for everyone. You can't really predict which which guy's going to get injured on which game and this kind of thing like that so it's it's hard to do but um we know obviously it's a violent game uh guys get hurt and it's going to happen so you know more often than not if you're especially if you're if you're betting a lot of um you know season long props more often than not it's probably best to go under on most of them because more likely that uh, it's going to pay off in the long run so we have some passing quarterbacks i just want to bring up because i think that People that make these props know what they're doing, right? right? They, they know sure. what they're doing. So they have good projection models as well. So when they have these projection models in there, I think we can glean some fantasy perspective off of these projections as well, right? So we can say, oh, that, that guy's got high projections uh, in their model, so he's going to probably have good fantasy output for the entire year. So uh, let's say Patrick Mahomes, his his prize picks thing, 4,800 yards. That's a lot, right? Right. But, I mean, it's good. And, and that's one of the highest ones as far as passing yards go. Aaron Rodgers, 4,050. Does that seem about right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's he's always been kind of a lower yardage mm-hmm. guy. Um, just the efficiency of it and, and 
you know, okay. the run game too. too but. And, and, and to me, they're going to play a little bit closer to the vest. He's not going to be airing it out. And, and that's what Aaron Rodgers is. is and that's what he does. And I think that that's, that's kind of, and plus the Jets, have you looked at the Jets schedule? What's I have not. Oh, brother. Go ahead and pull that up there, Rob, while I spit off some of these things to you. And, and we'll just look at the first seven, eight games for the Jets. Well, we got to talk about that for a second. Uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you figure out how to get there. Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's at 4,400 yards, about somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, really close. Joe Burrow, 4,500, so that makes some sense to me. Justin Herbert, who I picked as a like a 5,000-yard passer last year, the injury concerns were or injuries ended up bubbling up to the surface for him, so he's he didn't make it there. And he's at 4,675 this year, which seems about right. Uh, you stop me if you hear one that's just really crazy. Trevor Lawrence is at 4,175. That uh, seems about right, a little bit higher than Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, that seems about right to me. Jalen Hurts. Now we get into the running quarterbacks. Okay. Jalen Hurts, 3675. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to to take the under there, too. (laughs) That's the thing is they put these numbers where you're like, oh, that seems low. I could take the over. Lamar Jackson, 36 and a quarter. Yeah, that's huh? one I would just avoid. I would just avoid. <laughs> I mean, but it's and it's and it kind of makes sense because you know that they're going to have the higher rushing yardage, and that's how the you know the players are going to go and stuff. So, Bryce Young, Bryce Young, rookie, right, thirty five hundred. Okay, okay. He, he doesn't rush either. Thirty five hundred yards. So, I mean, and, I, and I, this is this is the part where I go, okay, Bryce Young's not going to rush a lot in the NFL. He he's not. He better not. He just, I've seen right. him run. I've seen him run in Alabama. So he better not. He will take the opportunities. At the, he's a savvy runner, but he's not a running yeah. quarterback, right? He's a savvy runner. Thirty-five hundred yards, but that that means that he's not going to be passing a lot either. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right. There, right. There's not going to be a lot of fantasy stats there for Bryce Young. Yeah, that's the thing is that uh, it's tough for those uh, rookie QBs, especially when they're giving them that kind of line. It's it's, it's uh, not fantasy friendly. C.J. Stroud, running quarterback or a passing quarterback, Rob? What's he going to be? In passing. 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 34 and a quarter. Yeah, yeah. That's that what seems that. about right to me. <laughs> Nobody to pass it to. I guess that helps uh, put it down there. Yeah. Right. Anthony Richardson, 25.99. Yeah, what, makes which, sense because he's a, he's, a, he's a runner. That's for sure. Uh, Dak Prescott, only at 41.75. Yeah, that seems a little little low for him because he's he doesn't run as much as he used to, and he had a didn't he have a season recently? It was like forty eight hundred or like yeah. I mean, I put yes. him in that Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow area, that Josh maybe Josh Allen area, you know, and they're all at like that forty five, forty four hundred stage. And he's got. I was thinking about Dak Prescott, not while I was laying in bed or anything. I was I was thinking about him at some point, and and he, you think about Ceedee Lamb. Michael Gallup coming another year away from his injury, right? So he should be mm-hmm. fully healthy this season. And then he's got Brandon Cooks on top of that. And you know, I'm not I'm not worried about his tight end leaving because he still had some, you know, he had some rapport with his other tight ends that were in the system a little bit. So he's got plenty of opportunities. And Tony Pollard, he could break one of those puppies off to the house anytime he dumps it off to him. Exactly. Yeah, that seems seems it seems low, seems low. to me. Um, that's the type of one where, <laughs> again, when they, usually like to me when it seems low, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm avoiding that. I'm <laughs> whenever it feel whenever it feels right, I'll consider taking the under. Whenever it feels whenever it feels oh 
too high, I definitely take the under. And whenever it feels low, I, I avoid. <laughs> That's usually my, yeah, and, my rule. And, you know, and they, they probably got some Mike McCarthy biases uh, thrown into that 30, yeah. 40, 100 too, just thinking that he's not going to be able to coach him up as well. But you never know what the game plan was like last year. Who's coming up with that game plan? Who's coming up with the offensive scheme? Was it, right. you know, was how much Mike McCarthy is a head coach? How much did he have to do with it? Maybe he had too much to do with it, and that's why the guy wanted to leave. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, Desha- Deshaun Watson, 36 and a quarter. It's about right. Maybe low. Yeah. that's You said 36 and a quarter? Mm-hmm. What the Andre yeah. Hopkins goes there, that's low. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so. I think so. That's, see, that's one where, again, it feels low. <laughs> I want to. I want to take the over, but I, I hate taking the overs, so it might be no, one I just avoid. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, thirty nine ninety, three thousand nine hundred ninety nine point five. That's what they did. <laughs> they did the <laughs> at the end of that. That that seems low to me too. I we were talking about Tyreek Hill, uh, Pierre and I were, were we were talking about him, him Tyreek Hill on the DFS Streamer podcast, and just thinking about how. I mean, Tyreek Hill could possibly go for 2,000 yards this year, in my opinion. He finished at like 1,700 or 1,800 last season, somewhere in that neighborhood. And that's with all those injuries coming to Tua. And now this year, to me, in my opinion, Mike White can sling the rock well enough. You know, he's made a lot of those New York Jet wide receivers fantasy relevant. So I don't see necessarily that offense slowing down like they did whenever Tua got hurt last season. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that for sure. Uh, speaking of the Jets, did you did you find that Jets first seven games? I, I got the yep, I got the Jets schedule pulled up. It is uh, it is pretty brutal, pretty pretty. Brutal go ahead, week here. one, go go for it, go go through Buffalo, it. Buffalo Bills. Next, Dallas Dallas Cowboys. Three, three. New, England, New England Patriots. Oh no, Kansas City Chiefs, Denver <laughs> Denver Broncos, Philadelphia Eagles. Is it Denver at home or away? It's at Denver. So oh, that's, that's, that's brutal. That's, that's rough. That's tougher, yeah, and especially if Denver bounces back a little this year, if Sean Payton can get the offense going. Um, and, and by yeah, that it's... time, it could be going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you got to go two. Bu- uh, and then you said it was uh, Philadelphia. Yep, and then then they get a bye week. Oh, they'll be begging so. for that bye week. How? Yeah. <laughs> what are the narratives going to be when Aaron Rodgers goes one and six? Oh boy, yeah, that's going to be. <laughs> That's gonna be tough because yeah, if they 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 really need to take it take uh take their wins with the uh, the Patriots and in, in Denver for sure and at least get out of there yeah. two and four minimum. Because um, you, you know Miami's gonna be winning some ball games. You know Buffalo's gonna be winning some ball games. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, wow. If they if they start out one and five or worse by the time they hit the bye week, that's gonna be. It's gonna be uh, some some like you said the narratives around Aaron Rodgers being being cooked and being washed is gonna be all over the place. Russell Wilson and Derek Carr at thirty eight seventy five. That seems that seems about right. I, I I'm not gonna argue with that. They might go a little bit over that, but I would. Uh, Kirk Cousins at forty two seventy five. Geno Smith at thirty eight ninety nine. Geno Smith is they have Geno Smith's higher props than Russell Wilson and Derek Carr as far as passing yards go. That's that's uh, that's interesting. I I, I like that because that that to me tells me because I have I I'm really big on Gino this year in fantasy. So, um, I believe what in what he did last year and uh, they got him you know more weapons. So I like to see that Vegas also is uh, believing uh, a, at least a little bit setting his line like that. 
Justin Fields is at 2930, and I will remind you that uh, Jalen Hurts was at 3675, and Lamar Jackson was at 36 and a quarter. So just just looking at that, just seeing how much they anticipate Justin Fields passing the ball. Right. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely not not expecting a, a huge leap there. Mac Jones is sitting at 1,000 yards passing for the years their prop. No, it's it's 33.99. <laughs> it's 33.99. So that seems it seems I don't know what it seems because Daniel Jones is 32.75. That seems low to Daniel Jones, but he has no receivers. I mean, just right? yeah, yeah. That's it's fair. Hopefully, I'm hoping that uh, with Daniel Jones is getting Darren Waller and then getting some guys healthy that um, maybe he can take a take a step another step up as a passer. I mean, he he did well curbing those interceptions last year and, and turnovers and he ran, he runs a lot. So that's part of why I'm sure it's down a little bit. And he had like 700 rushing yards last year. So, which a lot of people might not realize, but they have Jordan love at 3375 and Kenny Pickett at 3300. So that kind of puts them all in the same category of a Mac Jones of a Daniel Jones. Those guys are all sitting right there around the same, same place. You know, it's just, it's, it's, not great. I'm surprised to see Tua not hit, hit at that 4,000 mark. They just, just got to be injury latent right there is what it is. Yep. I got to ask you, last guy, and I saved this last guy. I'm not going to tell you where he was in all these ranks and everything like that And as far as prize picks goes. Desmond Ritter. <laughs> First of all, is he a running quarterback? He you just gave the horse slips there. So, I mean, that's yeah. horses usually runners, but I don't know that Desmond Ritter is necessarily, uh, you know, entering he's more the of a, Derby. he's, yeah, he's more of a, more of a, I would say a, uh, a Dak Prescott level. Okay. Runner. Okay. So, so, so yes, it runs when he has it's a capable. To. Yeah. Capable, but not, not going to, not right. going to be okay. a prolific. So, so he's not in the yeah he's not in the Justin Fields range or anything like that. No, uh, no, no. As far as the passer goes, hmm. I'm I'm just going to give you the prop now, okay? Twenty five seventy five for Desmond Ritter. Oh man, and and that's not a running quarterback, dog. Justin Fields was at twenty nine thirty, you know, and and I gave you all the other, I gave you every single one of them. He's the only one. Well, outside of Anthony Richardson at twenty five ninety nine, I think he's the only one, unless I forgot somebody. Only other one below three thousand. I really hope. I really hope that they have uh, like Taylor Heineke for some 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 yardage projection for some yardage because <laughs> I hate. I I just I just hate to see that for uh, for Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Well, that's and that's that's where I was going with that. Is you can glean a lot of information from some of these props to go. Okay, how fantasy relevant are these players? How much stock do I need to be putting into these players? Twenty five seventy five. That's nothing. That's nothing over an 18 game period. Yeah, that really isn't. That, it's, okay. That's not, that's not what, that's not what I, uh, I have a lot of, I, I'm really high on Drake London and Kyle Pitts. So <laughs> oh, I really hope they have some, uh, some Taylor Heineke getting some action there. In that, well, in that kind of projection. <laughs> you know, Taylor Heineke's already always getting some action. Hey, Rob, <laughs> uh, we got a couple more minutes here left on the Babel podcast. Uh, so we were uh, what I thought would be helpful, now, not only in best ball leagues, but in Scott Fishbowl leagues and redraft leagues and baby bowl leagues, where people have always talked about, hey, check out the, the end of the year for your fantasy playoff schedules, right? 
to see some mm-hmm. juicy matchups because maybe what that will do is, and I listen, you can't, you got to make it to the playoffs, fantasy playoffs before week 17 even starts coming into play before week 16, even starts coming into play as far as these importance of the end of the season schedules go. Okay. So, so I'm not saying pick your entire team based upon what the end of the year shows us, but if maybe you're flip-flopping between two guys or three guys and you just can't decide who to pick, maybe looking at the playoff, the fantasy playoff scenarios will help sway you a little bit more over to a different guy because that's when, you know, you hope it's, if if it's not going to really matter too much and you're just trying to pick out apples and oranges here, then let the fantasy playoffs kind of sway you a little bit. At least then they'll probably have more trade capital because you can always point that out to people in your league. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it's a good, uh, good piece of advice there. And and not only that, but as we look at this week seventeen uh, scenario here, and go backwards a little bit, we'll even go week sixteen. The rest of the however however long else we have. I know last time we started looking at the schedule, we just started coming up with all these different <laughs> scenarios and everything like that. But uh, we got to keep in mind, Rob. <laughs> I'm gonna go, climate change. You gotta, <laughs> I don't want to say that, but think about how cold it was in some of those games last year. Remember, remember that Buffalo game? Remember that Buffalo New England game? I think it was when the wind was blowing a million miles an hour and the ball was going backwards on punts. I think that was last year. Or yeah. it, was so, it was so cold that they couldn't really do anything and they were just getting on and off the field in like two hours and 30 minutes. You know what I mean? The clock never stopped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I, uh, I'm always preaching those dome, those dome games, baby. All right, so week 17, and this this is the, uh, gave you opportunity to get a pen and a pencil down because you may want to take some notes on this, okay? New England-Buffalo is week 17. That's, that's a game we're going to try to avoid. We don't know the temperatures. We don't know anything about Atlanta travels to Chicago. That's not a good game either. That's not a good game environment. It's not, it's not smelling shootout. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like Atlanta-Chicago is not shootout. New England-Buffalo is not shootout. Las Vegas at Indianapolis. Now, that one sounds a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, that one definitely uh sounds a little bit better there in a dome. Mm-hmm. Um shootout potential, it, right? It has some it has some shootout potential. Both these teams were bottom bottom 10, bottom 5 defenses last year um in points allowed. So, um yeah, it could be it, it it'll depend too on how good Richardson is by sure, that sure, point sure, sure. and uh what go, what's going on I guess with the the Raiders offense cuz that's in some flux here, but um, yeah, it does have some some potential there. So I, I potential to save, not not necessarily going to save Jimmy Garoppolo. I may not even use Jimmy Garoppolo in the Baby Bowl because it's a player elimination tournament. So we're always talking about preaching about using the top seventeen players at some point. So I don't know, maybe that's an Anthony Richardson week, you know, against a Raider defense that's projected to be one of the worst ones in the league, and then Anthony Richardson has a little time under his belt too. You know, and you think about Justin Fields towards the end of last season. So it might be an Anthony Richardson weeks. I may not want to burn him until later on in that year in a dome at home, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Los Angeles at New York. We don't want at the Giants. We're not going to use that one. That's, that's, a, that's a game we don't even. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't, Arizona at Philadelphia. Nope. No, thank you. New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Could be. That's a good, that's a good one. Could be. Yeah, but, another but dome. Uh, no, I, or no, 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 it's not. It's at Tampa. Never mind. It was it's warm weather. Warm Orleans. weather. And, but you know, thinking about both of these offenses, I don't know that I'm going to have very many pieces <laughs> of either one of these offenses too much. I don't even know what the what, what's the latest on Kamara. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine at this okay. point. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, 
yeah, he's he's kind of an avoid for me at this point. Um, we saw efficiency drop. I, I think as long as he plays, he'll probably be pretty good. Um, but he's not overwhelmed. He's not the same like player as he used to be. He's not overwhelmingly good where you can want want to take that risk. So, I mean, I don't know. He's kind of an avoid for me at this point. San Francisco at Washington. We definitely don't want to save uh, Christian McCaffrey for that week at all. I don't. I don't yeah. think. Uh, let's let's see. Carolina at Jacksonville. Now that could be a good one. Um, yeah, it's interesting. From a Jacksonville standpoint, Miami at Baltimore. Nope, we don't want those. Tennessee at Houston. Now there, there's a Derrick Henry week right there for you. That is, that is a Derrick Henry type yeah. of week. We got a in in a dome, so you don't have to worry about the weather. He's he's destroyed the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the Texans always have been one of the worst. I think they were like second or third worst, um, something like that. Points allowed, top bottom five somewhere in there. Well, points allowed last year. Yeah, Tennessee's off defense isn't going to be that great either. It it hasn't been over the last couple of years, and injuries always just seem to plague them towards the end of the season a little bit more. And Mike Vrabel's system, um, I don't know. That could be that Houston having a little bit of time under their belt to be able to get heated up too. That that has potential to be a sneaky little shootout. Yeah, definitely. And as long as those two uh, offenses can put up some points, it's it's uh, it's a sneaky one. Pittsburgh at Seattle, Los Angeles at Denver, Cincinnati at Kansas City. That's a that's a good one. Cincinnati at Kansas, and I know the weather has some some implications there, but Cincinnati, Kansas City, that's a shootout right there. Green Bay at Minnesota. Yep. So there's another opportunity for some higher points being scored. Yeah, right? I I like those two last two matchups for sure. All right, so we learned a little bit about Week 17. I'm going to jump over to Week 16, Rob. As I look at the the, the page, did not flip yet, so. Uh, just waiting patiently, patiently. All right. Oh, uh, well, I didn't even cover. Well, I didn't cover Thursday night games. I don't know if there was Thursday night games on that. Thursday night, uh, week 16, New Orleans at Los Angeles. Saturday, Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, Saturday football. Saturday football, December 23rd. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. That's like right before Christmas, right? That's all. Oh, that's like Christmas Eve Eve is what that is, Rob. Saturday, oh, yeah. December 23rd. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. We, we, might not want to use that. that. That always seems to be a slobber knocker, you know? Yeah, yeah. Classic Buff- AFC North. Buffalo at the Chargers. So on a Saturday night. Yeah, Pe- I'm in. I'm peacock. all in on that one. Peacock game. That's a peacock game. I am saving a Buffalo LAC. That's my abbreviation for the Chargers. A peacock paid a lot of money to be able to have that game. So it's going to be a shootout. <laughs> I'm just gonna, it's going to be a shootout right there. Indianapolis at Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, I, I I like that one a little bit. That, that's a that's a sneaky one. Seattle at Tennessee. I don't I don't like that one. A ten, a Tennessee in December sounds like it's warm, but you never know. You just never right, know. Yeah. It could be the sloppy conditions, ice. You know, I could see it where it's gonna like an icy little thing going on. I, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, the, yeah, for sure. The, down here in the valley is what we like to call it. The valley. We always have that potential. Is Santa Claus gonna come and bring the snow this year? You know, so it's just always one of those <laughs> things. Where it's, Detroit at Minnesota. Ooh, that's a good one. Love that one. Might Ooh. be my favorite one. Might be my favorite one right now. <laughs> Washington at New York uh, Jets. Green Bay at Carolina, Cleveland at Houston. That's another one. Oh, isn't that, mm-hmm. that that'll be a revenge game, right? Yeah, maybe a Watson and Hopkins revenge game. We'll see. We'll see if that plays out. <laughs> oh, come on. Come <laughs> on. You gotta save some of those acts. Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. I don't I don't like that. Um I, Tampa Bay is gonna be so putrid. Jacksonville has nothing. They'll be they'll be done in the third quarter. 
you know? Yeah, it really could be one of those situations, especially if Jacksonville has, takes another step up this year, like a lot of people expect. Um, if they're, you know, kind of running away, because that, I mean, they could potentially run away with the division too. Um, if Tennessee, I mean, I don't expect the other teams to be like super great in that, in that um, they're kind of in transition. It feels like like the Colts and Titans and everything. But um, so yeah, the Jags, if they run away with that division and they're running away with that game early on, it's, it's very likely they could pull guys. Arizona at Chicago. That'll be an avoidance game. Dallas at Miami. That's a shootout game written all over that one, too. Yeah, definitely. Dallas, Miami, New England at Denver. So we'll try to avoid that. Oh, boy. Rob, over under 11 and a half points scored in that game right now. Wow. Yeah. We're going to, might have to take the under. It's, it's Chris, brutal. Christmas Day, Las Vegas at Kansas City. Okay. I like that one. Interesting when you look at that too, because Las Vegas doesn't seem like it's a good, a really good team on paper. The defense seems to everybody's picking them to be one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, Kansas City is, of course, going to be Kansas City, and that's the twelve o'clock game. So it's just weird. Pierre points this out that that you know the prime time games where everybody's watching that they like to make them close or they like to make them a shootout. You know, so is that what's going to happen in Las Vegas and Kansas City? Hopefully. You know? Interesting. New York at Philadelphia. Oh, the oh, Giants. Giants at Philadelphia. Yeah, that one's say. interesting because I generally like – I kind of like the AFC or the NFC East games. Um, you know, they te- seem to have some pretty good pretty good games and uh, put up points against each other. But it's always hard to know what to expect. And, and again, it's, it's Philly late in the year, so you never know what to expect weather-wise either. Baltimore at San Francisco, a defensive battle, possibly yep. right there. Yep. Uh, so that that not a lot of points on the board the first game, and then it goes downhill after that for Christmas Day, where everybody can sit around and I don't know what they'll be doing in that Baltimore San Francisco game. Rob, good <laughs> job tonight, my friend. I threw a little couple of little curveballs at you, and you did not strike out like Ellie De La Cruz did today against yeah. Kershaw. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe he can take a few notes. You know, maybe he'll take a few notes. He'll, I know he's listening, so um, it's uh, he's a he's a big fan. So he, uh, he, but yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it, and it's always fun fun talking with you every every week. Uh, baseball, football, baby bowl, best ball. Uh, I enjoy it, so I appreciate you having me. Yeah, no problem. And we're going to do that a little bit more next time we talk. We're going to do more NFL rankings. We kind of covered the schedule a little bit here. And all the stuff in between is going to be, you know, a crapshoot anyway, just because you're always trying to use players and the injuries and stuff like that. But just you know, having something in the back of our minds of, of the end of the year schedule, I think is going to be helpful in those different formats. Also, the beginning of the year schedule is also helpful as well, just to be able to cover that stuff. And, and Rob, I hope we can get into some more best ball talk next time because best ball. It is best ball season, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's set it and forget it season right now. It definitely is. definitely is. I actually um, am in the middle of a best ball slow draft currently on underdog. Um, I started it up maybe a week ago or so, and I have it was my first, it's my first one of the year. I've been kind of holding off because um, I know usually once I start, once I break that seal, <laughs> It gets going, you know. I, <laughs> oh, I, I remember, my friend. I remember those Yahoo best ball I did. I, I was like, how in the world is this dude doing drafts? Like, every day, all day, all the time. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, it gets it gets it gets going. I get addicted to it. So I've been uh, trying to trying to slow the slow the flow here a little bit. Yeah, I'm glad your wife has put a leash on you, you big dog. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, sure. check him out over on Twitter, at Nord0723. Ask him any questions you want to. You can also ask any of us over here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network at FI Today with a little underscore. You can follow me as well, at Loafinit. But more importantly than all those other actions, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. <laughs> <laughs>